Welcome to Voice Fiction. Meet authors of e-books, audiobooks, and audio drama. Be enlightened by post-production specialists, directors, voice actors, and learn more about the wonderful world of online audio. And now your host, John Tatterzak. Hi, this is John Tatterzak. And as promised, here is our conclusion to Part A, Mixers. Enjoy the conclusion. We sure did. Well, actually, this is interesting. You guys, I'm sure, never went into this to be producers, but you guys are now producers. I mean, that must be, is that something you wanted to take on? How do you feel having to do that? Because you're creatives, but now you have to be producers, which sometimes goes with the territory, but not probably what you wanted to do. It's Uncle Roy. It's definitely what I did want to do. Uh, I've sat through so many recording sessions in my career that you you know good and bad so you learn what to do and what not to do and you become a you know eventually the clients realize that I had a a much uh, quicker way of directing talent that they did they'd give this long-winded direction and I'd say just just speed it up a little all right yeah that would be it you know just get on with it get on with the so I became a good director and then I you know I have a lot of uh 30, 30, 35 years in the business, you get a lot of really good ideas about um, being creative, and I love being a a director and producer. How about you, Chuck? This is Chuck. I I really love being the producer, director on a session. And it's because I work both sides of the glass as also a talent at times. I have a way of dealing with the talent that the others in the room don't have or haven't acquired at this point. And the talent looked to me for that direction because when I say, could you do that a little softer, they understand rather than the client uh, behind me saying, oh, it's awful. I don't even know why we hired this God. jerk. <laughs> God. God. Uh, God. Oh, gee, awful. This well, is like, you know, uh, like, like what Roy said, like that long and grinning example. Can you be more quiet? Like da 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 da. Just say bold yet naive. This is Jim. I don't have the the luxury most of the time of having the actor in front of me. I get lines, and they're supposed to say it three times. You know, say it once, say it once, say it again, and um, very often they're exactly the same thing all three times, <laughs> and it's not right. So then I have to write them back and say, okay, do this line differently. I did that oh. with you. You yes, coached, you did. You co- you coached me on trying. I can't be conversational. It was hard. I'm better, but I couldn't. And so I, I, I called him. And we It wasn't Skype. It was by phone. And I said, hey, can you help me be more conversational? And I just couldn't do it. I wasn't ready to do it, maybe, or I didn't know how to do it. I don't even know if I can still do it, but I was, I'm was. i a lot better now. But I could not get conversational. This is Uncle Roy. Bobby, you and I had the same We had the same kind of phone conversation. I, had, I wanted you to audition for something that needed to be conversational. Exactly. And Yeah, yeah. That's what it's, I'm talking it's about. Tough. It's tough. That's the new style i wanted to here's here's an inside secret if i hope none of my uh ex-clients or current clients are listening um but when i'd go into the studio the clients the producers the directors would think oh okay uh it's me and uncle roy we're going to get through this session you know we got this crazy talent coming in we got to get through it uh uh 
and I would go outside and uh, say to the client, uh, to the talent, well, you know, it's me and you. We we got to get through this crazy client, you know. So I was always on the side of the talent, yeah. uh, which helped them be more uh, yeah. relaxed. And 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 I am on their side, and I do. Uh, awesome. uh, yeah, you know, it's a. It's about the talent. Make them comfortable, and and you'll get a better product. This is Chuck. I agree with that. And it's important that you, as a director, have a rapport with the talent. And if they are comfortable with you and your direction, you're going to get a better product. You You can't escape from having a great product. Now, if you, as we were talking about having at a distance where you're not directing, it is very difficult because, in my experience, sometimes talent can't hear the difference in the takes. They don't know that yeah. they've given you the same line and the same reading three times in a row. That's right. That's been my experience, anyway. That's absolutely right, because you can't hear yourself, and that's why you need the director as an actor. And actually, Jim, this is where you come in. Jim, you, you work with mostly, not all, but mostly actors, which is great for a voice voiceovers but how have you found that different you know anything different there uh meaning amateur uh from all well, of it. there are a lot not of not necessarily amateur but like a lot of voiceover artists are nece- not necessarily actors they, not necessarily some of them are but they may have just gone into voiceovers they may have been into radio first but you work with theater people you work with like i i am an actress but you work with a lot of actors and is it different uh it's this is jim and uh yes it's it's different because the, the actors that I'm dealing with, they're, they're students, and um, they're willing to, to learn how to do all of this thing, uh, these kind of things. I'm lucky that I have a pool of actors I call upon uh, whenever I need a role filled really quickly, or a crowd scene. I just grab them after a rehearsal and say, can you do this for me? Um, but uh, as far as other actors, I've never dealt with anybody that um, uh, has been giving me a lot of trouble. There are beginners and there are uh, skilled uh, amateurs, and they all are well uh, willing to take direction. As far uh, so far, this is Uncle Roy. Uh, Christopher Plummer gave me some uh, gave me some grief. I can see you, Kirk. Jack. Can you see me? Or oh, now, be honest, Captain. Warrior to warrior. You do prefer it this way, don't you? As it was meant to be. No peace in our time. Once more unto the breach. Dear friends. I, I record a lot of celebrities, so Christopher Plummer was one of one of the uh, one of the uh, crazies. So Well you gotta I, understand you gotta understand, Roy, this is Colin talking that yeah. Christopher Plummer is a Canadian. It's his responsibility to give you grief. <laughs> I, I, you know, I give him all the credit. Yes, he's my Captain Von Trapp and all that. Uh, but <laughs> he can, day one, it was it was kind of hellish. Day two, he was a pussycat. You know, he had laid the groundwork. I'm the boss and this. So, you know, I need a bigger studio. I need a big sound stage. We were just doing dialogue recording for an MGM animated uh, show. And, um, he, he, you know, he, he let us know. <laughs> That that uh, you know how unhappy he was. He wasn't unhappy. He just wanted to run the show. This is Jim. I worked with uh, Christopher Plummer twice. Wow. Uh, once with uh, he did a one man show at the the theater I was working at. He uh, made me a stage manager, cool. and uh, he was 
quite a gentleman and, and uh, really, really nice and just took everything in stride. And he actually, like two weeks later, called me up because he was just thinking of me and said, hey, how are you doing? That was wow. really weird. Yeah. Wow. He called me. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Your studio wasn't big enough. Uh, this, this will give you the timeline. He said, my dear boy, even OJ deserves a larger cell than this. <laughs> exactly what he said <laughs> well here we go name drop this is jim here we go name dropping but uh, it all boils down to uh um your rapport with the actor and um the communication that you can have between them even if it's long distance on uh, email and sometimes i've actually had to record the line myself the way i want it send it wow. to the person and then they would say oh that's how you want it all right so most Excellent most idea. most Actors, real actors, well, whatever that means, uh, <laughs> wouldn't necessarily want a line read unless they just really didn't get it. You know, uh, when I worked with BB Newworth, she did not want a line read. <laughs> Understand, oh, wow. Understandably so. Um, this is Colin talking. Can I uh, just switch from actors to writers for a second? It, it, do any of you have advice for? writers who want to start working in audio is writing for audio different than writing prose or, or, or you know a novel or any advice this is Jim and you, I guess you need to be more specific there's audio drama and commercials and, and musicals so which which writers are you referring to the drama because we're talking about audio well, yeah drama. yeah we're talking about uh, audio drama in this uh, podcast so yeah audio drama uh, well, this is Jim, and I guess uh, my advice would be to make sure they're very clear in their writing where they think this thing is happening, so that the um, the mixer the, and us as mixers and directors slash producers can put it together to their um, to make them happy. This is that, uh, yeah. This is Uncle Roy. Um, you know, if it says uh, scene so and so, and it gives the location, or what you know, if it's descriptive in the, the prior to dialogue. Uh, it, it it should spell out pretty specifically what. Sometimes what I like to do, if it's an audio book, which is a different kind of radio, sort of like a drama. But if you establish the 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 setting with an audioscape and just pull it back, okay, we know now we know we're there. We don't want it to be intrusive. It doesn't really have to be all that supportive after we know where we are. And just pull it back and let the dialogue, uh, you know take over the scene mm -hmm. just just have it established and then you know pull it back i've dealt with writers this is jim i've dealt with writers that um just give you a line saying where they are and uh the director or the producer and the writer for the starship excelsior that i'm working for is very very specific about what he wants and he writes paragraphs about what it is for a, a four-line scene and wow. uh <laughs> and uh He's very specific, and he's usually very accommodating, too, if you can't get it exactly right, but as long as you're trying. Don't you find that, though, like, you know, as I think it was Roy was saying earlier, some people, you know, there are some directors or producers or who, people who think that they are um, that give you this long-winded explanation, a paragraph or more, either talking or written about what they want for one line, and you've already lost. You've already lost what you were going to do in the line because you, it, 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 there's, it, there's no need for that. Um, don't you find that? Doesn't that happen to you too? Don't you just? Well, this is this is Jim, and um, I think that in some instances it gives you a reason for the people being there and what they're doing, 
And uh, I think sometimes that's what they, they mean, but uh, if they're getting really specific, and if you're and in the world of theater, you have a director who lets the actors move around and say, yeah, you can do that, and some directors say, you're two inches off of where you're supposed to be on this line. Mm-hmm. You can take it uh, do, uh, to the extremes, so you have to kind of meet in the middle. That's true. You don't want the sound, it's Uncle Roy, you don't want the sound design to get in the way uh, or be overproduced in any way uh, and, and draw more attention to it than the actual uh, performance. Acting. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is just this the is story, true. is it? The story is what you want Absolutely. to get across. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, this is Chuck, and, and I agree. The story is the what you're trying to achieve. And so your sound design should complement rather than be the star. In most instances, absolutely. And, and if 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 you, if you can achieve that, then you've achieved what the writer is probably has in his theater of his mind in his own head, and you're going to have a happy client at the end of the day, and you're going to have a better product. This Jim and I agree with that wholeheartedly. Hey, you guys, uh, I have a question. This is Glenn. Um, I was looking at uh, Roy's cool photograph next to his mixing board. <laughs> what? Uh, what is a type of what is a type of good audio or a studio setup, or maybe could you tell us a little bit about your setup? And Roy, you have to keep this basic because you will go on and you will no, say, no. "I've got seventeen hundred Neumann I, mics and four hundred and fifty-seven these." Yes, we know how we know you have the best. I, of the best. I hate talking shop. No. <laughs> <laughs> Basic setup. It would be a yeah, good very basic. Base, very basic. And 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 this is the, you know forget about that board I'm sitting in front of because that's gone in the in the trash now. It looks cool <laughs> in the picture. It's an old MCI Sony board, but you know most days, except for Jim with live theater, uh, it's it's a different it's a different thing. My your microphone goes into a mic preamp or an interface, and that goes into your uh, USB. And and pretty much that's that's the new chain of uh, you know the the new audio chain. So if you have a good microphone, a good interface box, uh, and the, I like Adobe Audition. That's what I teach, and that's uh, that's what I'm very fast on. I have to use Pro Tools because that's what people use in the city. And if I bring the project home, I open it up in Pro Tools and uh, carry on with it in Adobe Audition. But also, since I teach all these softwares, there's SoundForge, there's Audacity, there's, you know, so whatever you're comfortable with, you need good editing uh, software, good microphone, and a good uh, good interface. That's, that's and the time to do it properly. I would like that's to take a break here, folks, if you don't mind, for our next commercial or advertisement, whichever it may be. We'll be right back with Voice Fiction. Hi, this is writer-producer Glenn Haskell inviting you to the world of fable distortions. Eh, uh, could you, uh, could you hit the clicker? Hey, Jack, where you going? To Bernie's. Oh, on a little errand for Mommy? We gotta eat, Diesel. Yeah, Diesel, eat. We gotta eat. So you had a lot of experience with spoiled hand products. You don't have to answer that. Uh, I think I want to see my lawyer. English accent. I don't see that in my volunteer contract. Might you have any food for three weary pioneers? Sure, take our last three strips of jerky. Well, that's mighty kind of you, ma'am. Tastes like cow. 
Fable Distortions is just one of the many audio adventures you'll find at MisfitsAudio.com. Drop by. Be amused. MisfitsAudio.com. And now we are back with our guests, Roy, Chuck, and Jim. Uh, we're worried. Okay? Let me throw a question out, if you don't mind. Good question. I have a question, if you folks don't mind. Uh, have you ever worked with producer or a site that was hard to work with because of their demands? Roy? Did you, yeah, I thought you'd want to start with me. <laughs> we had this discussion. I was doing uh, toy fairs in February, and I was doing some toy spots, not My Little Pony, but the same agency. And uh, we finished up on a Friday, and I got, unfortunately, then my grandmother passed away. So I get a call from the producer saying, we have to come back in Saturday and make some revisions. And I said, well, I would, but it, my, gran- it's my grandmother just passed away, and we're having the wake tomorrow. He said, yeah, but we have to, we, we have to fix these spots. You know, they're going on, they're going, we have Toy Fair coming up. And I said, so you, did you not hear me? My grandmother passed away. <laughs> You want me to cut, blow off my grand? Okay, I won't go to my grandmother's wake. I will, I will come fix your spots. So we fixed the spots, and then by the time I got home, there was another voicemail saying, um, "Hey, uh, thanks for coming in. Uh, by the way, we have to fix them again." So, uh, you know, there's just <laughs> we we lowly engineers what we have to endure sometimes. Uh, it's a bit a bit. Wow. Uh, uh, <laughs> A bit lack of uh, a bit lack of compassion there. This is Jim, and I, I work a lot for Misfits Audio, and the guy who runs that is a real taskmaster. <laughs> 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 the all the time. Oh, wow! Love you, John. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Uh, we could do an entire episodes on clients from hell. We've all had them. This is Chuck. And you you just have to go on and try to get the best product you can out the door and somehow interpret what they're looking for to the talent on the other side of the glass and get the performance that you need. And sometimes it becomes a difficult situation. They I've seen talent leave my studio crying because they didn't think they cut it. When they had a class A performance, but the two guys who thought they were producers behind me at the other desk made that talent feel minuscule. And it's important that you, you try not to make that happen, but every once in a while something like that slips through and your talent calls you the next day and thanks you for your help, but they still believe they didn't make the grade. Even though they did. You know, diplomacy is all well and good, but sometimes you just can't, uh, you know, there's nothing better than a baseball bat. This is Chuck. I have a lead pipe underneath the console. (laughs) Jim, I got a two-by-four with a nail in it. I have an an Emmy, which is a heavy, blunt instrument. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us what you got your Emmy for, by the way. Tell us what you got your Emmy for. Oh, 1992, uh, for the Winter Olympics, there was, a, a, there was a piece, an animated piece done about the bobsled event and for CBS Sports. So I did sound design, and I was working in a studio, and then I left the studio, but I was still phoning in for my messages. And the little pink slip, I said, any messages? And she said, oh, yeah, your Emmy is ready. 
And I said, wow. what, Emmy? What are you talking about? <laughs> I saved the little pink slip. It's great. Um, and CBS Sports uh, entered it, and uh, we won, and they bought, and they paid for the statue. The statue showed up. It was great. You have wow. to buy those things otherwise. And now it's a weapon. <laughs> it has two pointy things on it. You could really do their eyes, I think. This is Captain John. I thought you're supposed to put those Emmys like on a nice shelf, like above the fireplace on a at mantel your, uh, at your mother's cabinet. at your mother's house. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Are there any uh, recording techniques that that sound like you know fingernails on a chalkboard to you guys? Uh, this is Jim. Yeah, t- talking in a reverberating room, and you're six feet away from the microphone. That's what drives me nuts. <laughs> yep. Or a bad MP3 that's been too many generations of changing bit rates, and then it's all phasey and weird, and you can't, you really can't use it. You know, it stands out like a sore thumb. Or you know, well, this is Chuck, and the first thing when you get stage actors in the booth is you have to say, let the mic work for you. Mm. You don't need to address the back of the theater. And once they get that concept, they perform at a level far superior to what they started with. Again, that's rapport with the talent. If you get that rapport and they trust you, they're going to do what you ask right away. If they don't trust you, you're not going to get the performance you're looking for. Good point, Chuck. Hey, folks, uh, this is John. I just had, I know we're running out of time here. I just had one last question. Um, is there any any online resources that uh, any of you folks would recommend for people just starting out? Like uh, any any kind of tutorials or just lists of resources? I mean, if you have the websites, we can always list them in the, uh, like the show notes after this. Hang on, guys. we got to go to a break. So hang on. We'll be right back after this message. Space, the final frontier of mankind. But what other creatures roam the galaxy? Captain, over here. This can't be. Look at the size of those carrots. Doctor, are these things edible? Captain, I have never seen a carrot three feet long. Not including the green tops. Do you know why we were sent here? I'm sorry, Doctor. I'd like to tell you, but it's up to Dr. Hop to explain it. Thank you, Miss Hoppet. You can call me Mary, Dr. Hopper. Stop, Captain. Look out. What the... Ah! This is the adventure of the Starship Jackal. Our one-year mission... To explore new garden patches on different worlds. To seek out larger and bigger carrots. To boldly go where no rabbit has gone before. Only at MisfitsAudio.com Welcome back to Voice Fiction's Roundtable. And now to continue... This is Uncle Roy. There are so many Facebook groups for voiceovers and uh, LinkedIn. There are a lot of groups. Just join them and and lurk. You don't have to post anything. Go see what people are talking about. Maybe ask a question so that your name is out there. And just learn. You know, there's 
a lot of good and bad information out there, but just lurk and learn. This is Jim, and I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. There's, as you say, there's so much information out there. Decide what you want to do. Uh, join some groups. Listen to a lot of radio drama. Find out what's good and bad. And uh, try and uh, not do the bad things and do the good things. Exactly. This is Chuck. And when I'm working with a group of students and they want and they're actors to be, they're in acting school because I teach at a university that has an acting school. One of the things they ask me is, how do I get work? And I said back to them, you get work by being versatile. So if you're doing a demo tape, you want to show some versatility on it, but don't do 16 voices that you don't do really well and put that as your performance. Do what you do well. Oh, what do you yeah. think of that, guys? Uh, it's Uncle Roy. I produce voiceover demos, and yeah, your, your strong stuff has to be up front. Nobody wants to hear your imitation of Bugs Bunny because we got it covered already. And, uh, you know, just put the stuff... The stuff where your personality shines through should be up there. Uh, when you listen to Bobby's demo, you know who it is. You know you know what her personality is. It comes through. And, yes, it has to show range. It can't just be a one-trick pony. Hey, guys. Yeah. If anybody wanted to know, like, where they could find out more information about you and so on, so forth, or in layman's terms or in non-layman's terms, a call to action, Roy, what's your website, or where can people find out more about you? Antland. Productions.com. A N T L A N D, antlandproductions.com. Chuck? I'm kind of a laid back dude. I don't have a website. <laughs> I found you on LinkedIn. I found you. I I'm on found LinkedIn. You. I'm on LinkedIn. And, uh, but I don't have much of a profile because I don't know. I, I, I don't know that LinkedIn works. Oh, it does. I wouldn't have found most of these guys if it wasn't. Yeah, but, it works. But tell us the name of your, your you know, it's Real Time? Real Time Recorders Limited. Because there's a bunch of Chuck O'Hara, so eventually after this broadcast, I bet you your LinkedIn profile will be filled in to the brim after this. Oh, I, 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 <laughs> you and all the other I, Chuck O'Haras. Everybody with the name Chuck and O'Hara is going to hate me after this. Oh, we'll be up there. And James? Um, well, the only website I'm uh, affiliated with is the theaterarendale.com, all one word. And that's uh, at the University of Toronto. It just showcases um, our drama program, which is unique in Canada and maybe half the world because you get two degrees after four years through different universities or a university and a college. And uh, it just shows a lot of our pictures, what the program is all about, how to audition for the uh, first year, et cetera, et cetera. TheaterArendale.com. Spell Arendale for us in the North America. Th- <laughs> ah, it's the it's the British way of spelling theater oh. too. T h e a t r e e r i n d a l e. Gotcha. I love nice. your hair, Jim. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's my typical day. Well, ladies I and gentlemen, I, <laughs> I would like to thank first of all the round table for being here tonight and asking these great questions, and I would like to thank our guests, Roy, Chuck, and Jim for taking the time out to be here and answer these great questions. Do we have any final comments before I call this meeting adjourned? 
Bobby, you coming out for a burnt hot dog this See, summer? Or You knew that, um, for those of you, and I wish he would tell you why he's called Uncle Roy, because a really fast story. He introduced himself as Uncle Roy, and I'm a woman. And I'm like, uh, yeah, okay, not too creepy, but now you get to know him. He's just, he is Uncle Roy, and he has this infamous and famous barbecue every September at his house in New Jersey that voiceover artists and other people as well come from around the country and around the yeah. world. They're international people, yeah, and he has a barbecue, Brazil, Brazil yeah. um, actually uh, uh, Amsterdam, everywhere. And um, he has people singing, so it's not just voiceover artists, and they play Non-stop instruments music, and so yeah. on and so forth, and it's great. Um, so he's asking me uh, if I'm coming out to his barbecue next September. But I am a true New Yorker with no car and can't drive, so I always have to rely on those who can help me. But if any of you guys are in New York and after you see this podcast and go on our website and see his contact information everybody else as well that you could uh, maybe he'll invite you out too and it's a grand old time I'll tell you that uh, Roy this is yeah. Captain John Bobby maybe the Misfits bus can uh, go to <laughs> New York and pick up Bobby and swing on over to where Roy is at anything is possible that'd be great ladies and gentlemen Toronto first though <laughs> and, and down south too Okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure, and I do mean an extreme pleasure, of meeting R.U. tonight. And we really need to go. So I would like to call this meeting adjourned. Anybody Thank got a gavel much, sound effect? The gavel sound effect? Oh, that's, we'll get one. We'll get one in good. there. Yeah. It's been a pleasure to be, to work with you guys, to listen to you guys. I thank you so much for your time. This is awesome. Oh, it was great meeting all you guys, and, and Bobby, too. Thank you very much, folks. This is your announcer, Joe Stofko, for Voice Fiction. The opinions expressed during roundtable discussions are that of individuals and do not necessarily reflect the position of Voice Fiction. This episode is copyright 2013, Voice Fiction Productions. For full disclaimer and privacy policy, visit voicefiction.com. Thanks for listening. Until we meet again.